Hi, I'm Simon Routon, and this is a first of our podcasts, which we are looking at uh, conflict, and particularly conflict in the workplace. Now, I work in that area as a mediator, conflict coach, and facilitator. And hi, I'm Ava Gibson. I also work at Orb Solutions as a coach, facilitator, and mediator. And I'm just going to introduce a fairly common workplace situation. It involves three people, a manager who oversees the work of a diverse team, diverse in terms of age and the jobs they do. They work in an open plan office and two employees. One of the employees has come into work late today. That's because she's had problems with her child and needed to catch up with the classroom teacher and was having difficulty catching her. So she arrived late to work today and she felt that the manager told her off in front of everyone. She was surprised that she got told off because once she's at work, she's really focused every day. And the person next to her spends most of the day, from their perspective, on Facebook and social media, YouTube. So why was she getting told off for having a legitimate reason for being late? Yeah, it's an interesting one, and it's a really common example of of what goes on in an organisation, people feeling that they've been treated differently or unfairly compared to somebody else. And and often I'm, I th- that experience, particularly um, around what is perceived as being fair in a workplace, is a huge issue in organisations and how it is dealt with. That's the thing when we talk about fairness and the assumptions which underline it, isn't it? That we don't have all the information. We don't know what's been said between the manager and either of those mm. parties or what the actual guidelines in that office are of uh, how you spend your time, how you don't spend your time, mm. outcomes that are needed versus time at your desk, any of those things we we don't know. So there's always a lot of questions underneath, isn't there, mm. missing information. And what what we often come in on, I think, is uh, for myself anyway, is the upset parties mm, mm. and a frustrated, sometimes manager. And that, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about the assumptions that are made, and people, cre- people just create a story, and and I guess we all do it. We all create stories about what has happened, and. Part of the work, the really exciting bit of the work, is actually helping people to kind of understand their story that they've created and also understand other people's reactions to that story. And working out the... Um, that's what I love about the work, is that you get to help people to kind of break down those stories that they've created by adding other sort of elements to it. And one of the things that is the, you know, it's that old thing about, you know, assumptions being the mother of all evils because we assume so many things. We assume that in that scenario you just described about the Facebook, that that person, um, you know, shouldn't be on it. And, and, and or, or that we assumed the manager, by the sound of that scenario, as you described it, that the manager assumed that this person was... Um, coming late and didn't actually ask the questions as to why. So I think a key element of that, um, of that workplace conflict 
is those untested assumptions. And I think that's one of the key elements that I think it's really helpful for people to kind of get a sense of first. I wholeheartedly agree with that, Simon. It's, it's what underlies conflict is the different perspectives we have about what's going on. And, and as you say, untangling that, untangling the story, Brene Brown's YouTube not YouTube, Netflix thing at the moment when she talks about the story I am telling myself right now. And I think that's a really good introduction to it because the story I'm telling myself right now is that I'm getting picked on, Mm. I'm being marginalised, they don't understand my background, whatever it might be. And if, if I was coaching someone, it would be helping unravel the facts and the emotions behind that from their perspective and trying to understand the other person's perspective as well because it's mm. those assumptions we have to fill in the gaps, don't we, mm. of the mm. information we do or don't know. And when we get people together to have that conversation, they get to ask those questions themselves and actually get that information and that can really change the way they see the situation, which can bring up a lot more mm. options for them. And I was interested because you think somehow a situation where over something as seemingly small as arriving late to work suddenly becomes a massive issue for a number of people. And, and you know, and often in, in the work that we do, you find out that it's actually people take sides. That information shared with another person and they've taken a side and then they've put their perspective or their they've looked at it, filtered it through their lens and and then they've provided their input and suddenly in the, the story has grown legs. And it's grown legs because of two things, in essence. One, the assumptions that people have brought to it and two, because the, the person is feeling, I guess in a way, that feeling threatened and, I, and, I, and, uh, and not able to address the actual thing. And I often wonder in those situations if the... If they, as you described it, um, if you were hovering over that scenario where somebody's on Facebook and somebody else is arriving late to work and actually could have asked the questions, what, what led that manager to may even make decision or that call to have a go at the staff member? Working, I wonder what was going on for the manager mm. at the time. And, and that's another element. We only look at it from one perspective. And often it is really helpful to look, oh, what might be going on for that other person? So we talk about it in the language of um, our, own, our own view is our first position. It's, it's ours. And then we go into what's called second position. It's actually looking at it as to, from the other person's perspective. And I think that's really, really helpful because... And, you know, in essence, how, how did it suddenly become a connection between a person being on to the person who's actually um, arriving late for work? How did that connection get made? Mm-hmm. It's always interesting, the different connections that do get made. When we're in those complex situations, they don't necessarily just happen in that moment, do they? There's a backstory that is, goes yeah. to this, a backstory about how people may feel they're treated. And earlier, Simon, you said about the lens that we look at, look things through, which is that different perspectives. And that's fueled by, you know, our own background, our own values about what's important, how we believe we ought to be treated in the workplace, how how we ought to be managed. 
And we don't know, as you say, what went on for the manager then. We don't know what went on for the person who was late. You know, I can just imagine the stress of trying mm. to having remembering dropping off kids at school and childcare and things. That mm. stress of trying mm. to get there, catch up with a teacher who's busy and stressed, get to your work on time for a meeting or whatever it is. There could be different values around time out, age differences, all mm. kinds of things mm. going in there. And unravelling it and being open to hearing as the options. It'd be interesting to know what sh- what they want out of that. You know, what is the goal? Yeah, because I think you're right. I think that scenario of action. I don't think it matters what the, I suppose, the presenting issue is mm. as to what's, um, it's something that's been triggered. Something that represents yeah, for yeah, somebody. Yeah, represents something. And, and, you know, part of the role of, is asking those open questions, wonder what's going on there for that person. Mm. I want, for both, for all people involved, you know, what's motivating them to actually um, go down that road of actually reacting to that situation. And and I was struck with the situation, and look, it could be a generational thing, mm. that, uh, you know, look, I'm conscious even for myself that, you know, if I saw a staff member or a person on that and work or on Facebook, look to be on Facebook all the time. And and I'd be going, gee, why aren't you working? You know, why aren't you doing what you're supposed to do? And that might be my initial reaction. And then I might get more information and find out, well, actually, that's what's something they've been asked to do, or there might be some important things that they're trying to find out. There might be some personal things that are going on in their life that mean that they want to keep track of it. And I think... That's the big learning in terms of workplace conflict is that we don't actually check to find out what might be going on for another person. And we just make an assumption based on what's going on for us. So Simon, in terms of checking out those assumptions, how would either the manager or the person who was late for work, how could they do that? Hmm. Well, I guess in that context, this is where it's about having those a little bit of a hard-to-have conversation and doing it in such a way where it feels safe. And, and that's the most important thing. How do you first create a, a safe environment so that you can actually have the conversation? So what I mean by that is if, for example, if it was my situation and a manager had come to me and said that, you know, why were you late for work? What, you know, what's going on? And given, and actually, and I felt that that actually really, in a sense, told me off. I would want to create a situation where I would feel to the man, go to the manager and say, look, there's, I would like an opportunity to talk with you about what happened and doing it in a way that's non threatening because we all know, well, I guess the research is going around people now. Going, um, we you know they go into that old fight, flight, freeze. What's that called? Ava? the fight, flight, freeze, and appease. So, when we've got when we're feeling under threatened in some ways, our our brain, you know, there's cortisol. There's these other chemicals running through our bodies, which lead to the, you know those feeling of stress, and which at its extreme can be an, that amygdala hijack shutdown. So. In those moments, we're not operating as our usual self. So 
it seems like the manager was triggered. It seems like that person was triggered. I don't know about the person on Facebook, how they got involved in this, mm, but that was, yeah, seems yeah. like an ongoing conversation in the office mm. as people took sides. But we, we, our historic, historically, we needed to respond to any kind of threat. Threats, um, we could die in a moment if, if, if that tiger attacked no, us, yeah, then, us versus... Uh, we feel that same way sometimes in the workplace. And uh, so I like what you're saying about to, first of all, be calm and how we can calm ourselves from that, whether that's you know taking some breathing, letting it go, talking to somebody who's not going to jump on your side, but is going to let you, let you talk it through so that you can go into a conversation with your manager mm. um, in a good space and, and, and say, I would like to talk to you about the impact that mm. that had on me. This is how I felt. And you know, I take it from there and allow the manager, give the manager the best benefit of the doubt. We don't know if this is mm. a one-off thing that happened, which was just really you know, humiliating mm. for that person or whether it's an ongoing thing. If it's a one-off thing, you want to find out what's behind that too. And so there might be a feeling of inconsistency going on. So... With the manager, they might be have these untested assumptions that the manager is actually favouring one person mm-hmm. over another, and yeah. and that might be fueling also that conversation. And and when they have that, even if they get themselves to a calm space to enable it to go, well, actually, this is the impact this had on me. I guess a concern in terms of that a person might have is what sort of response is the manager actually going to give me. And part of that is perhaps having somebody else to facilitate that process. If you don't feel that you're going to get a reasonable response from the manager or you feel that the the manager is actually going to not treat you fairly, can be really useful in a workplace conflict is to have someone independent to facilitate that process. And, I, and, and in our experience, well, my, certainly my experience, Going into organisations where there has been a situation where they are feeling that they've been treated differently from other people, they feel that the manager has embarrassed them or made them or singled them out or or reacted badly and now feeling very vulnerable because of it, sometimes having that other person there creates that safety net for them. And the person who's coming in, so in that role, is is managing the process of that conflict. So they're not involved in the substance of it, they're actually just assisting the parties to be able to do, in in a sense, two things. One, to be able to allow the opportunity for that person to tell their story or their perspective and to listen to the other person's perspective and allows the other person to actually tell their perspective as well and to ask questions of each other and get that clearer understanding. Because often when you're doing that, there's things come out that the manager, for example, might have not even a clue that they had even felt, that they'd even uh, um, done anything wrong. And that's, as we said, this is kind of almost an everyday kind of example mm. in a workplace. And where we're often called in as mediators or facilitators is when there's been a series of things and they're on top of one another. Mm. And so the story grows more because people are looking for it then. They're looking mm. for inconsistency or feeling 
not treated or um, their status, who they are in the workplace is not being respected. So having someone early on when a conflict occurs to to facilitate that conversation, someone neutral, mm. uh, is really helpful because the sooner you can get those things out and discussed and look at some guidelines and some understandings, uh, the better. Mm. And it's it's interesting when I'm doing work with organisations, helping them to deal with complaints. It's a really powerful little, really powerful little message is, is if they keep in their head that the person on the phone or the person that they're interacting with, they want to be listened to, they want to be acknowledged for what's happened, and they want something to be different as a result of actually having that conversation. And that can be really helpful even to think of the workplace conflict, is that if, for example, that staff member spoke to the manager and the manager was able to listen and to make sure they'd understood the concern that the manager had actually acknowledged the impact, not necessarily agreement, acknowledgement doesn't mean the same thing, and then the manager had actually looked at options, I wonder what would have impact that might have in terms of moving things forward. That's that's great, and that's so true. And I think if we want to get to innovative, creative uh, workplaces, which where people feel that they belong and feel that they can contribute, we need to be able to have those conversations. And people need to be able to give and receive feedback in a way that isn't threatening but is helpful because that's the only way we're going to have a more dynamic and positive culture. Mm, I agree, Ava. And one of the other things in terms of that workplace conflict, accepting that it's actually okay too, you know, that conflict in a workplace environment is normal, it's natural, it's the way in which people express that is actually more of the concern. And if people need to find ways of um, doing it in a way which is not threatening, in a way that they can express their opinions and views without it being seen and without it being an attack and being seen as an attack. Yeah, that's so true because without conflict, you know, we need diversity of opinions and thinking and you know, conflict is great in terms of growth. It's, it is how we how we have the tools to have those conversations and each workplace culture will be a bit different about that, but they need to know what those are. So look, um, Ava, it's been great just having a conversation about this and this is, a, and this is our first podcast on this particular subject and uh, we look forward to discussing this further because the range of ideas and information and about conflict particularly a conflict in a workplace or interpersonal conflict is huge and uh, look forward to doing this again thank you and yes there's so many different ways that you can approach and deal with these things thanks again